0: this is saturday morning mysteries
1: and we're your hosts alexis and grace
0: good saturday morning welcome back to saturday morning mysteries we're your hosts i'm grace and i'm
2: alexis
0: and today (laughs) we both have it's not the editing that sounds a little different I've got a little bit of allergy voice because I live what we just learned in the, um, the country's grass seed capital, mm-hmm. uh, the grass which seed capital of America. Yeah. Someone with very bad. hay <laughs> hey, and grass allergies, I've been on the Struggs bus. Alexis is on the post pride parade Strugs bus.
2: <laughs> had a little too much fun today, spent <laughs> an entire day outside and, uh, huh engaging in festivities
0: Mm -hmm. for a good cause, of course. It was all worth it, exactly. It was totally worth it, but now
2: here I am recording with a slightly,
0: off, slightly
2: coarse voice, but don't worry, we feel fine otherwise, and we are here with energy and excitement Ready to still tell you some classic animated cartoon true
0: crime comedy quote, tales. Air
2: quote, air quote, air yes. quote, air quote, in and out of air quotes.
0: Yes, and today is a hoarsely told tale <laughs> from Alexis, her first Rescue Rangers episode, which I'm very excited for. So yes, sit my back, first relax. Rescue Rangers support your local pride parade if it hasn't happened yet when yes uh this episode aired uh and take your allergy meds if you need like Mm -hmm. me drink um, some
2: tea herbal mm -hmm. tea is great with honey surprisingly my voice was slightly more coarse this morning before I had some (laughs)
1: enjoyable tea
2: so I do highly recommend that
0: good 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 uh and yeah take take it away
2: I'm going to take it away. And real quick, I'll say, you know, last week, if y'all were listening in, you heard us mention that Rescue Rangers movie was getting ready to drop, I guess, on Disney+. Plus, It did not come out in theaters. It was straight to Disney+. Plus. Well, it has been released since we recorded that episode at that time. I think we recorded that like two weeks before the movie came out, maybe. So yeah, now it's a few weeks later, the movie has come out. And I personally really enjoyed it. We'll probably do a separate tune tangent or something on that another day. But just if people were confused last week watching, like, um, do they not know that that movie came (laughs) out like almost a month ago? (laughs) Yeah. We We know we know but we record things in advance and then release them later so unfortunately we just didn't have our timeline right with releasing it but it doesn't matter because I think we still did a great job of introducing that movie in yeah. that video without knowing when it would be released or with, <laughs> or without having seen it at that point
0: which um, as you know we are a um, half-researched podcast so we knew the movie was coming out but not the dude literally
1: it. almost spent my coffee
0: <laughs> so we got half of it right yeah. now we're here people half-researched
2: <laughs> all right I'm not even gonna take a sip now it's just gonna come out okay so that being said I'm going
0: to tell you oh, a yes.
2: half-researched episode what
0: <laughs> just I'm just passing it to you
2: oh gosh sorry. Yeah, I'm not calling you out I do
0: the same okay. shit <laughs>
2: Call me out there too, that's fine. Um, So yes, I am here today to retell another half research (laughs) episode of Rescue Rangers. And so today I would like to tell the story of that one time that the Rescue Rangers valiantly saved the day by settling a will dispute between bickering
0: brothers. Yeah, right. (laughs) I'm sorry. Before you start this episode, I know you're going to make it very entertaining and funny, but I'm actually just imagining that's just paperwork. (laughs) It's like just an episode of paperwork. They actually are there just to notarize stuff. Yeah, they call it exactly. the most boring episode ever, but it's also like Instagram versus reality of like being a lawyer is that it's just family paperwork. <laughs> so like, yeah, but that's then everyone on the outside is about. like,
2: oh my god,
0: it's the it's a will dispute. AKA Chip and Dale just had
2: to run to FedEx Kinko's and like print <laughs> something or whatever, or like make copies. Exactly. Get yeah. notarized signatures, no big deal. No, yeah. so this actually, yes, I, I will try to make it interesting, <laughs> but the writers of this episode that I'll talk about, they actually did it. They did a good job, enough making it, making a will dispute pretty interesting. And cool. so the, the episode that this is based on, <clears throat> it's season one, episode eight, if you're watching mm-hmm. on Disney Plus, and it is called Pound of the Baskervilles. Uh, uh-huh. I see us. it in your eyes already. So, so before <laughs> I get to the pun in that title, let me back up and say, I am not an expert on wills, y'all. <laughs> I <laughs> I did take one class in law school on wills and estates, and there were like a few questions on the bar exam about wills and trusts and stuff, but that information is long gone out of my memory. <laughs> so as Grace alluded at the beginning, I have researched wills and estates and trusts in preparation for this episode Good. to make sure that any relevant topics were at least somewhat properly covered, but I'm only going to be like touching the iceberg or the tip of the iceberg, excuse me, in terms of like wills and that like body of law. So do not, please take anything I say as legal advice or any like, Legal reasoning, legal opinions, etc. It's all just me joking. So, back to the episode itself: "Pound <laughs> of the Baskervilles." Many of you, dear listeners, including Grace, as I saw it in your face as My I said that title, uh-huh. you may recognize this title because it is a play on the name of a famous story <clears throat> by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the author of the Sherlock Holmes mystery books or mystery stories. And the one that it's based off of is The Hound of the Baskervilles,
0: which came out real quick. Go for it. I'm sorry. This is a total side tangent, but I just had like this recovered funny memory that has to, that does tie into also what we just talked about of yeah. my very brief, only couple months stint in which I worked at a law firm. And then, cause it was like, well, the IP law firm, but I was just doing like the filing and paperwork and not the actual like law part of it. And it was to me so boring and easy that I just listened to books on tape the whole time. Yeah. Including I think this book, because I listened to a shitload of the Sherlock Holmes books. Did you? Oh my God. We're going to to talk about this after. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. I love it. Um, because
2: yeah, so I'm going to admit I've not read or listened to any of the Sherlock Holmes books and, i know that makes me kind of sad so i definitely want to talk to you about that after slash where did you i don't get know this how
0: audiobooks. of oh them. yeah so um, I a bunch of free audiobooks yeah. they're out of the creative commons
2: which it is because or this came out in 1902 yeah. uh or not out of the this is public domain sorry yeah creative Commons. That's the word. That's, anyway other other conversation for another yeah, day but anyway so yes i've not read any of the sherlock holmes stories but I've seen one of the two, I believe, RDJ, Robert Downey Jr. movies. And I watched the show (laughs) on BBC with Benedict Cumberbatch, which I really actually liked. And coincidentally, this episode from that show was my favorite one. So they did an episode based on this story on the uh, Hounds of the Baskervilles. So funny that you said that you love this story. And then I was like, well, I love the TV version of this story. So boom. Um, I was very happy to kind of happen upon this Rescue Rangers episode. So essentially, and in like less than spark notes fashion, like truncated spark notes, that Sherlock Holmes story is about an attempted murder that was inspired by the legend of this demon hound. And Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson, his trustee investigative assistant, they go to investigate and look into these hauntings and these murders or attempted murders before Sir Henry Baskerville, heir of the Baskerville estate, is killed by this canine apparition. And so this apparently was also, and Grace, you probably know this more than me, but this was Sherlock Holmes's first appearance since his death in The Final Problem, which I think was like a short story from the late 1800s. I don't know. Apparently they killed him off uh, Sir Arthur, Arthur Conan Doyle. I feel like that's a hard name to say. It is. Um but um, anyway, apparently he killed happened. him off. Right. Yeah. And cool. this was the story where they brought him back and so that's why a lot of people think that it actually is one of the greatest Sherlock Holmes stories because it like brought him back into the universe and like restarted all of his investigative tales and everything. Yeah. So a pretty big episode. Therefore I guess it inspired these writers to name an episode of Rescue Rangers after it. And thus, there are so, so many Sherlock Holmes-related puns involved in today's episode. Buckle up, folks. (laughs) Here we go. So, in fact, so that I don't murder you all with my coarse voice, let me take one more (laughs) sip of water before I jump um, in here most mm-hmm.
0: people don't see that before we fully start recording like I'll hit record before we do our accountant <laughs> Alexis always takes a very dramatic sip of water always. So always have to comment on it like oh okay
2: this time I'm going to be dramatic and take a big sip of water followed by a big sip of coffee as well just to like re dehydrate myself so that then I want more water <laughs> yeah. you know
0: we get it pride was fun yesterday <laughs> yeah just because you had a good time
2: just because i had a good time and now i can't talk
0: damn (laughs) i've got to drink
2: more coffee and water okay so our story for this episode it starts with two brothers roger and howard baskerville Howard Jr., a.k.a. Howie, he is the older brother. He is like a large, almost like Gaston-esque, like from Beauty and the Beast, like British dude, except he's not as good looking as Gaston, like in the sense that he has a massive nose. Uh, He has much shorter hair and like a very big chin, but that same kind of like, Like you know, big, yeah. Barrel chest, Mm. big, like strong upper body, extremely skinny, like pencil legs. Um, And he also has like a pencil mustache as well. Mm. And like a kind of high pitch nasally British accent. Mm. Um, And then we have Roger who is the younger brother. He is a tall lanky man he's got like shaggy brown hair um a very again a very large chin i guess that runs mm. in this family and a little bit of a like a slight underbite almost and <laughs> he's wearing kind of like tattered clothing like he's got patches sewn on his pant legs he's got like rolled up sleeves and everything whereas howie Howard Jr., he's usually wearing, like, a suit or something a bit more distinguished, right?
0: Yeah. Are um, they, what animals are they? Are they humans? They're
2: humans. These are oh. humans so far. Yeah. So Ooh, we okay. we see the rescue rangers trying to resolve human interactions while helping okay. an animal, though. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get to it. I'm going to introduce the okay. animal that they're really helping out in just a second. But before I get to that, I just want to say that Roger kind of sounds like one of the Beatles. Like, I'm pretty sure he sounds like, <laughs> like George Harrison. Like yeah. <laughs> or something. <laughs> so rest in peace. But yeah, uh <laughs> amazing. very, very random. And anyway, so Roger owns this very large, very shaggy, light brown dog. Um, His name is McDuff, And who also sounds like one of the Beatles, <laughs> which to prove this too, I like actually YouTube some interviews with like George Harrison in particular because I, like, oh. I can't remember which one it was. But as I was listening to the interview with George Harrison, I was just geeking at how I was like, "This is obviously the accent that the, the people were, were going for." Yeah, <laughs> so just
0: well, so put, put that in your it mind. Was like long and like lanky and skinny because like George yep. definitely was. It looked like, like him. So R- Roger actually, in my opinion, kind of looks like Paul McCartney,
2: but like, yeah, then <laughs> sounds like it's it's weird. It's that's obviously the man. writers of this episode only knew what like four British people looked and sounded like. <laughs> sounded and that's and what and they went like. with. <laughs> yeah, they're like, let's pick one of these voices and one of these appearances. Done. Boom. This is one of our major or our main <laughs> characters and his dog. Incredible. So Roger and Howard, though, they are the sons of the famous author, Lord Howard Baskerville, AKA Howard Bass. And Howard Bass is known as, like, this world famous, Probsky's, like, award winning author of the Sure Luck Jones
0: mystery <laughs> sure
2: stories. Sure Luck okay. Jones, yes. And this dude, like, he is a prolific writer. So he has made so much money from these books, won so many awards, and thus right. his family is loaded. Mm. Like they have a fortune from these Sherlock Jones mystery stories. Mm-hmm. And they they oversaw and lived in, aka the whole family, they lived in this massive estate, you know, mm. from having this fortune from the from the stories and when I say a massive estate I mean like one of those with like knights knights armor lining the hallways like a palace a palette like giant portraits hanging like floor to ceiling paintings chandeliers everywhere just Sprawling gardens and estate grounds, and like wooded grounds behind them, and like a, a groundskeeper's uh, shed,
0: and all, just massive. The whole nine yards. Is this, the whole are nine they yards in England? Undetermined?
2: I want to say yes, but when I was re watching the episode yesterday, I noticed that one of the main characters does not have a British accent. I'll explain in a moment. Okay, sorry. I'm, and I'm getting ahead of this episode. No, no, I have some no, questions no. already. It's fine because, yeah, up until, like, I truly did think that they were in the United Kingdom or something as well mm-hmm. until just last night. I'll, I'll get to it in a moment. Okay. You'll see what I'm <laughs> confused. But we'll, we'll act like they are, I think. Okay. I don't, it also doesn't really matter, but great. we'll say that they're in the United Kingdom. So this dad, Howard Bass, Unfortunately, you know, he he did eventually pass away. He's an older guy. And Roger and his son, Howie Jr., the author's son, Howie Jr., they're adults now. Um, They're trying to get by in the estate knowing that their dad's gone. But also they have this feeling that, like, their dad would never leave them without a will in place. Mm. And it appeared that he died intestate, which essentially means you never, you never said what you wanted to happen with your property. You didn't write a will. You didn't tell anyone like, Hey, put this here or like send this life insurance policy to this person. So they're like, how could our dad have all of this stuff, all of this wealth die and not want anyone to have it like for all of it, just to get sucked up and go to the state.
0: Every accountant and lawyer that this very rich family would have had, would not have advised no 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 not having this
2: prepared okay (laughs) always always put it in writing so many unfortunately so many famous people have passed away without getting wills either because they just didn't trust the system or just because they didn't Hmm. think about it I don't know why but I'm pretty sure like Aretha Franklin did not have a will when she died yeah and yeah (sighs) There was someone else, I think it might've been her too, but like she had a lot of kids. And so then it became this very like intense debate. Yeah, okay, well, who gets what? Who was the firstborn? Who was closest? Like who? Anyway, write a will. Don't ask me to do it because I'm not an expert, but find someone who can. (laughs) Anyway, so the sons started to realize though, shortly after their father's death, that the dad did actually write a will. But being this famous mystery writer, he was unable to distinguish the line between like reality and fiction and decided to hide the will. So as to, yeah, so as to like encourage some sort of like detective like hunt akin to those in these Sherlock Jones books.
0: Oh, geez.
2: But unfortunately... I guess maybe the dad didn't realize that the brothers were as, you know, at odds as they were because this little game that he tried to plan for them, it actually led to an even deeper divide between them. And it really turned into kind of this like dangerous and honestly like borderline illegal um, fight to find where this will was, okay? And so this investigation, it quickly divulged into something that honestly, like, required the help of the rescue rangers to resolve. Great, because each son, they're trying to find it. They're trying to prove that they're the rightful heir of the estate. Mm. And on one hand, you have Howard or Howie. He wants to like destroy possibly the will because, well, actually, I'll get I'll get to that. Later <laughs> okay. I, I want to talk more about like um, let's let's talk more about how the rescue rangers get involved, mm, right? Involved. So, one day they're flying their wonderful rescue the ranger plane. Is that what it's called? I believe rescue plane mm. ranger. I think it's the ranger plane. They are careening in and out of the strong storm. And actually, if you're if you're watching the show when the title credits or title opening whatever first starts, when the plane is like going (laughs) crazy in the storm, that's from this episode to like give you an idea. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my God, well, Gadget is having (laughs) Gadget's having the hardest time trying to control this thing, right? And so the plane, it's overtaken by the winds, and the lightning is making it hard to steer. And so the plane is, like, careening towards this very large, eerie-looking estate slash mansion that appears beneath the clouds. And Gadget, she's unable to make a clean landing, so she crashes the plane directly through a window in the mansion (laughs) (laughs) and just, like, right through that shit like oh well it. like clearly they're rich enough to to fix this they'll think it was just like a <laughs> stick or like a you know a tree branch that fucking flew through the window <laughs> who knows and so Chip, who I will say coincidentally, and actually not really surprisingly, he happens to be a huge fan of the Sherlock Jones uh, stories. Mm. He notes once they crash land into this mansion that it reminds him of one of the mansions from a Sherlock Jones book called mm. "The Adventures of the Swelling Dwelling." <laughs> okay. And so, right as Chip says this, the gang hears this very loud, chilling, howling noise echoing throughout the hallways of this mansion. And they're like, oh my God, is this like a demon dog? Like in yet another Sherlock Jones book, of course, inspired by Hounds of Baskervilles." Mm-hmm. And the gang, like they all run and hide as they hear this howling getting louder and louder. And what do they know? McDuff the big, furry, lovable, scraggly dog comes busting through these double doors down the hallway. And he's actually running away from something. And they're like, what the hell is going on? And it turns out Lord Howie, he busts through the double doors behind Macduff with a gun, no less, um, like, like a double-barreled shotgun. And he's just like uh, shooting after Howie, or excuse me, after Macduff, trying to get him out of the estate so we learn here that so we learn here that chip and dale and the rescue rangers they've crash landed into the uh to the baskerville estate or the bass estate Mm. and that uh mcduff for some reason is like running for from howie for his life about to get murdered by his Mm -hmm. owner's older brother yeah So they're hiding. The rescue rangers continue to hide because they obviously don't want Lord Howie to accidentally shoot them. And, you know, Macduff, he's able to kind of get away from Howie because it turns out that Howie has, um, he's got, you can relate, he's got pretty bad allergies. (laughs) And so... So he's, like, constantly Same. sneezing, like, as he's running after McDuff, and eventually, like, McDuff is able to, like, sneak away while Howie okay. is, like, in a fit. Yeah, so it's good. And he actually runs into the rescue rangers, the dog does, and says, like, oh, my God, what are you guys doing here? We have to get out. Lord Howie hates animals. If he sees you, he'll kill you. Yeah, he didn't say kill, but he's implying, like... It's going to get dangerous he if we just stick around here. Them, yeah. yeah. So maybe he will kill you. They yeah. just didn't make it that explicit in this Disney <laughs> afternoon cartoon. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the rescue rangers, they jump on McDuff's back. Like, okay, yeah. Like that dude oh, God, is obviously adorable. crazy. It's so cute because the ranger plane, the ranger plane's messed up, right? Because they had to crash land it. So crash. they're like, well, McDuff is now our land transit, oh, I guess. <laughs> like hop on this okay, dog. And um, it actually ends up working kind of well. McDuff, like, they run out of the mansion. They're, you know, going over these sprawling mansion or estate grounds. It's still storming outside. It's actually, like, super intense. Like, Dale almost flies off of McDuff's oh back at one point. It's, yeah. So, the ranger plane actually might have been more safe, but whatever.
0: <laughs> out in the so, elements.
2: Yeah. So, they get they they run out of the estate, run through these grounds, and Macduff takes them actually to where Roger happens to be staying. Mm. And that is it's kind of sad. And we're gonna do some wild speculation at the end of the episode Ooh. to tie this all together, don't worry. Okay, great. But it's sad. It's this little shack. It's like that groundskeeper's shack that I was telling you about. It's like in through place. the estate grounds, through the woods, down at the bottom of a hill, over a creek, probably like damn near a mile away from like the main house, <laughs> this little shack. And we walk in, or McDuff walks in with the Ranger, rescue rangers on his back. And, you know, it's even sadder. We look in and just see clothes hanging everywhere i was like what does this guy do for a living why does he have all these clothes here and the camera turns to roger and he's like hand washing a bunch of clothes my suspicion my suspicion it's all of his brother's laundry he literally is just in there like clothes hanging everywhere that's why his sleeves are rolled up and he's got like another like I don't know if it's like a waterproof shirt, some other like type of t-shirt underneath yeah. it to like protect his arms. And he's just scrubbing, scrubbing. away while his brother is living in this beautiful oh. estate at the top of the hill. He's down at the bottom in this he's dilapidated shack. Him. Yeah. And Macduff what runs into it's it's pretty depressing and
0: sad but yeah. we're, the Some wild speculation
2: at the end yeah the wild speculation at the end of this episode will make it uh okay, kind of funny so, <laughs> so roger is super happy to see macduff when he returns back to the house he doesn't see the rescue rangers they kind of like sneak off of his back and hide mm-hmm. behind a bucket or something i think in the shack and roger just asks macduff like ooh were you able to find the will were you like while you were in there mm-hmm. did you find father's will which now we know, oh, that's why Macduff was up there. Okay. Mm. And Macduff, he just kind of responds with this like kind of low, sad growl, mm. signaling that the mission failed. But Roger, he's like, oh, don't worry, boy. It's okay. You know, as soon as you find that will, we can take care of my brother, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But right, <laughs> but right okay. before he's able to truly finish that sentence, he hears a banging and like a knocking at the door. And so he opens the door, and it unfortunately is none other than Lord Howie, no. who has walked through the rain in the middle of the night to accost his little brother for allowing the dog in the house.
0: Oh, come on, bro.
2: <laughs> come on. Knowing, though, that Lord Howie is dangerously allergic to animals. He's like, how dare you let him in here when I'm sneezing <laughs> and whatnot. Um, and Lord Howie, though, he's taken it to another level because he brought the fucking sheriff with him great piece. he brought the sheriff which also crazy that the sheriff was able to get there that fast right, like, he was like yes this is a crime. Yeah, this is something that i should be involved
0: in you're yeah, right and also sure. and,
2: <laughs> probably which yeah i'll get to that in just a second <laughs> but to tie back to your question earlier about are they in England or like the United Kingdom? This is what confused me. When I rewatched this, the sheriff does not have a British accent. The sheriff like (laughs) speaks like in an American English accent. (laughs) So it was at that point, I was like, wait a minute, why would the sheriff not be British? Where are they? So maybe, maybe they are in America. I don't know. Anyway, I just wanted to answer that question of okay, yours and I why that. I was unsure. That was the thing that made me unsure. Yeah. So anyway, the sheriff is there with him and he's like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to take the dog away because of the trespassing and all of that. What? You have the
0: same property.
2: Or do they? Well, it de- God, you may live God. on the same property, but do you have the right to enter the house if you're not the owner of the house? I don't because- know. i a lawyer. <laughs> Because the will will determine who the owner of the house is, because the house was owned by the father. So the father had to pass it down to somebody. So that's the question. Who is the true owner of this house? Uh, Okay. Mm -hmm. And so Roger, he's obviously defending Macduff. He's saying, like, no, you can't just put him out on the streets, except like. That's not really what they were implying, unfortunately. Yeah, they were put like I, down. yeah, I was. I wish that they were implying putting him on the streets, but that's a little kinder than what clearly Lord Howie wanted to happen.
0: We already and, saw him shooting at the dog. So yeah, yeah
2: <laughs> at a minimum, he wants that dog shot.
0: If not, shot <laughs> with <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, that's a minimum,
2: we're gonna that's keep it moving.
0: So yeah, keep going, McDuff.
2: He's like obviously very. He's very nervous about this because he can sense what's going on and so he starts to growl and that kind of scares the sheriff and howie which mcduff love you but you're not making a good case for yeah, yourself bro. because then at that point lord howie's like well come on he trespassed sheriff like you've got to take him and he's growling look at him he bit me for all you know like oh my you know, god right him but he tells Liar. the sheriff this And again, it's a believable case because you've got this big dog growling in front of you. So the sheriff paid off by Lord Howie, probably, as you noted earlier, and also just intimidated by the size of Lord Howie, probably. And also like how he exactly he appears to be the owner of this massive estate. So he's like, oh, this dude's rich. I'm just going to have to do what he tells me. And he he does like bend a little bit and tells Roger that he'll come back the next day to take Macduff because essentially without any proof that the, that the estate is rightfully Rogers. Roger has no say over whether Macduff stays or goes. The sheriff has to listen to the owner of the house at the end of the day or the Mm -hmm. owner of the estate. So they leave. Um, Lord Howie is obviously very pleased with this and mcduff meanwhile he like huddles with the rescue rangers and is like okay well if we can go in and get that will from the estate then we can prove that roger is actually supposed to be the owner of the house and then i won't die (laughs) this just
0: like gave me the like image of like this is the team of lawyers trying to get someone off of like death row (laughs) like the death penalty it's like it is what the best ever yeah basically
2: g- gadgets like doing a deposition to like, <laughs> get someone to admit that they actually committed a crime and are ineligible to inherit something in the will or whatever <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> like it got way dark in my way, head because
2: of it way I mean, dark yeah. anyways Well, it's going to get darker because not only are they (laughs) not only are they going to keep investigating this will, they're going to use some scary and haunting tactics inspired by the demon dog of the Baskerville to, uh, yeah, to try to get this will out of Howie's or whomever's estate. So Macduff is telling them that since Lord Howie is always there, like he doesn't leave. I guess this guy doesn't really Mm, really he doesn't have he doesn't have a life i don't know he just like (laughs) stays in his estate all day his big ass mansion um but since he's always there mcduff is not really ever able to like sneak in and get by him to look around for the will Mm. which also how would this dog know where it is when the humans don't? i don't know whatever anyway so can he read i know that's what i'm saying like can he read these books and which I have suspicions to believe he cannot other than the fact that he is a dog. (laughs) We'll talk about those (laughs) later. But so, so Howie is saying like, or excuse me, McDuff is saying we need to get Howie out of the house so that we can find the will and Gadget's like, Oh, and we also need to get him out of the house so that we can get our ranger plane because that is still just crash landed randomly by a window. Good point. And so, McDuff says that the best thing that they can do to get him out is to scare him out. And this gives Chip an idea. He remembers reading about some scary events and a, of course, Sherlock Jones story, the adventure of the ghoul next door. I wish I would have researched all of these different story names to see if they were (laughs) like directly inspired by, um, I think so. Some of them definitely are a couple of them though. I'm like, I feel like they just, are saying random the adventure of the ghoul next door? I don't know, like the girl <laughs> next door or something, but that's funny. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't think that's a Sherlock or a Sherlock Jones, a Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> reference. Anyway, so the Rangers they return to the estate. It's late at night still. The, the thunderstorm is still booming and you know ra- bleh, rattling outside. <laughs> I can't talk. This is this is not news. <laughs> um, and with the help of Macduff They begin to like Fake haunt the estate Particularly in Lord Howie's Chambers to try to scare it's like him away nice
0: Scooby-Doo It is <laughs> It is because <laughs> it.
2: Like you see um, There's like a painting on the wall And it just like starts shaking from Side to side uh-huh. And in reality it's just like zipper Like pushing it and stuff. <laughs> but like lord how he can't see him and yeah. like a window blows open and the curtains are like flying everywhere and he's how he's freaking out but really it's just like monty and um gadget like with a, a bellows those things you use to like blow air onto fire oh just, yeah you know whatever and then Chippendale are just like in dresser drawers in his room like pulling them open and closed Amazing. so it, it just looks like there's chaos going on around the room and since they're all these like little woodland creatures he can't sure. see them so <laughs> and because it's like late at night so lord howie is freaking out actually he's like mm. hiding under his covers you know trying to say like you can't sc- <laughs> you can't scare me even though i'm hiding under my covers. <laughs> Actively, um, yeah. but then at a certain point like the gang realizes that their scares aren't working enough so they get um, Macduff to, like, do this nice little makeover. They, like, put flour on him. They put, like, they paint, they sharpen pencils and paint them white and then put them in his mouth to look like giant fangs. Okay. <laughs> and they send him into Lord Howie's chambers. And so when Lord Howie, like, sees him, he thinks it's the demon dog. Okay. <laughs> and it and it actually like scares him quite a bit. So it kind of works. I know we're laughing about how ridiculous okay, successful. this successful, but it works okay, because Lord Howie, he jumps out of bed, he's screaming, he's like ripping shit off the walls, running. Yeah. Like trying to like throw it at Macduff and run away from him. Damn, He runs into the hallways and he's like running into shit because he's just like so blinded by his fear freaking that he's yeah, just freaking out. <laughs> Like also like super rich kid problems, like breaking a bunch of obviously expensive shit in this mansion and just not even caring about, I'm going to have to repay for that. Or yeah, you know, replace that these like honestly probably antique looking random artifacts that their father clearly loved collecting. None, not a one (laughs) anyway. And so eventually though, McDuff, he's like really, really committing to this role And the good boy, oh, it's it's adorable, but he just gets a little too into it. He's like shaking around, hopping up and down. And the flower starts to come off and shake off of him. And like the pencils are falling out of his mouth. And Lord Howie is just like, oh, I now see what's happening. But he he, like kind of keeps playing with them a little bit. Like, oh, the demon dog, you're going to get me. And he grabs a fucking sword off of the wall. Cause you know how I said like they're knights and stuff, like problem. rich kid problems, right? Like shink, let me get my saber and handle this, <laughs> right? Um, and he starts to like close in on Macduff now seeing that it's not the demon dog after all. And Macduff is like terrified, like, oh my God. Now, what do I do like the rescue rangers aren't here to I don't know I guess they were still in like the bedroom yeah I think they were still in like Howie's room or something I don't know but out of nowhere they actually there's a shield on the wall that was with the sword that Lord Howie pulled off the rescue rangers like roll it down the hallway and Lord Howie like hits it instead of hitting McDuff which it's actually very funny it like sends a shock through his body whatever and anyway this gives them a chance to escape though and so they're running down these hallways, realizing, oh shit, we're gonna have to do something else because the scaring, scaring Howie only got us so far, slash we don't have a good costume department to actually make McDuff look like a real team. <laughs> Very God. limited. Yeah. So the flower did not work too well. Um So they're running down this hallway and it's a dead end. There's just like this giant mirror and they're like, well, Lord Howie's right behind us. He's going to find us. We need to figure out what to do. And Chip is again channeling his favorite uh, detective, Sherlock Jones, and he's like, "Oh, you know what? There's usually, um, in all these Sherlock Jones books, there's usually like a secret passageway or or Hell something. Yeah. yeah, you know, like if we just like press things or pull on the bottom of this mirror." <laughs> everyone hits smacking things. the wall
0: everyone just touch shit we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah smacks the very but subtle also,
2: but also they're like chipmunks and like mice so them smacking a wall is like not gonna trigger anything
0: <laughs> and also not just like not strong enough but also like human height wouldn't put something at like their ankles which is yeah. like the size of the chip yeah. so they're just smacking their height but it's like Six foot in <laughs> uh,
2: Howard Bass, he's like crawling <laughs> and like taps like the floorboard or, like, yeah, just, and this giant door <laughs> opens. Yeah,
0: yeah, anyway, why, I mean, why, wouldn't, a good
2: idea. why wouldn't he design it for use of like chipmunks and chipmunks mice and, and, and dogs? <laughs> yeah, um, and okay. also, real quick, I have to say, the um book that Chip was. <laughs> referencing when you thought about the secret passageway or whatever is called mm. the adventure of the doctored Watson <laughs> <laughs> so like that one is obviously Sherlock, John, uh, yep. Sherlock and now I'm like combining their names I just said Sherlock Jones <laughs>
0: we'll just say Sherlock don't, Sherlock. don't need to add the last name damn it Shirley. Rescue Rangers is messing me up <laughs> um so anyway
2: they start like tapping just a bunch of stuff around that mirror and actually you know something happens and Great. they move the bottom of it and this like mirror slides open and a cool. secret passageway is exposed behind this uh this mirror and so they walk in and the door closes back behind them and chip notes Another funny reference to uh, Sherlock. He notes that it's a secret passageway, just like the one from the Adventures of the Conan Doyle. <laughs> 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 <I'm gonna say. laughs> Amazing and ug at the same time. Which also, <laughs> laughing about that joke, has made it even harder for me to say Arthur Conan, Conan Doyle. Doyle's name. Sir. <laughs> Arthur, Arthur Conan. Conan. Doyle. Doyle. I, na- I keep wanting to say yeah. like again, rescue rangers. You're messing me up. <laughs> <with> me today. <laughs> so McDuff is worried now that they're like trapped, I guess, in this secret passageway, that they are never gonna find the will because they're mm. they're stuck in here. And now Lord Howie is clearly awake. He's clearly on to them, and they only have until tomorrow until the sheriff comes back to take McDuff away. So Chip, he assures him not to worry, saying that Sherlock Chip is on the case, much to the chagrin of the rest of his teammates who, I haven't really mentioned it, but they're super fucking annoyed with his Sherlock <laughs> Jones references throughout this entire episode. they like, are not better than us, Chips. Here you not- read more. You're not. And also because, like, this mission is actually kind of scary for them. Again, giant man with the shotgun shooting them, thunderstorms outside, crash landing the Ranger plane. And this whole time, all that Chip has been able to talk about are these fictional stories,
0: right? Which also, it should have been Chip Jones slash Chip Holmes, not Mm. Sherlock Chip. Yeah, you know. Chip's his first name. Sherlock's the first name. He did it wrong. (laughs)
2: he did it wrong so he's not even a real fan <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway so chip notes that the first thing that sherlock jones always did in his books was find some clues no fucking way chip really like you should do in your normal job as a detective yeah. yeah. You don't need to read a book to do that. You own a detective <laughs> agency, dude. It's your job. And obviously oh, no. Gadget and Dale are like, oh my God, <laughs> we need to get home. I cannot stand this dude. <laughs> but they're at the same time, they're like, well, you know, a couple of the references you've made so far have actually worked, AKA the secret mm. passageway. True. So they're, they're annoyed, but they're still like, kind of like willing to entertain his references. Mm. And so they're going through this passageway. It's very dark or this like secret little passageway. And I can't tell if they're seriously trying to like work with chip and finding these clues or if they're just totally messing with him and making fun of him. Oh. Because Gadget and Monty and Dale are like all asking Chip if things that like obviously aren't clues are clues. They're fucking with them. They're fucking yeah. with them. Gadget holds up a nail like, hey, is this a clue? And Chip's like, no, that's a nail. And Mon- Monty's like, what about this? Is this a clown And I-, I wish I could do Monty's accent, by the way. It's I can't do an Australian. Anyway, accent. It's-, it's like, I, I don't, don't even know words. if you can call that Australian. It's like the weirdest accent. Ever. <laughs> anyway, but Chip is like, no, that's Chain. And <laughs> so they're just all like showing him random stuff and like totally Jeff so, yeah,
0: is like. I'm about to be murdered people. I row. can we not joke around
2: right <laughs> yeah. now? This is like serious. my my owner is living in a shack and I'm you about to be American. murdered. <laughs> yeah. Clearly have no concern whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> thank God though for Zipper who often seems to be like the only serious member of the Rescue Rangers. Yes. He notices like these inscriptions on the wall of this passageway. Oh cool. And he is like alerting the gang and he translates the inscriptions. Obviously, he translates them into his like fly buzzing noises, but I guess Monty. I think it's <laughs> I think it's like Monty or Chip is able to then interpret his fly buzzing into yeah. English to uh read the inscriptions as saying bring light to the darkness. That's okay. what these inscriptions on the wall say, which Actually, that's a nice, that's a good saying for many reasons. I think that has a lot of real world applicability. Bring light to the darkness. Cool. And so they're looking around for clues related to this. Like, well, what could we light up? The whole fucking place in here is dark, but Mm -hmm. we're rodents. We don't carry lighters with us. (laughs) (laughs) And so they look up and they actually notice that there's a candle holder on the wall. Mm. And Chip... Another great reference, not Sherlock related, but just a funny story name. He says that in The Adventure of the Wicked Wick of the Wax, Sherlock <laughs> Jones. That's Sherlock amazing. Jones opened, uh, he opened doors like secret passageways with a candle holder. So, yeah, Wicked Witch of the Wax, though. I actually, when I heard that one, I had to pause and laugh for a second while (laughs) I was watching. I don't know why it made me laugh so much. Just like Wicked Witch of the West, or I I don't know. Um, I clearly have a lame sense of humor. But (laughs) (laughs) So they all, like, get on each other's shoulders or whatever so that they can reach this candle holder.
0: Mm.
2: And they pull it down. And of course, another secret door within the secret passageway cool. opens up again. One of those kind of mansions, you know, one of those kind <laughs> of states Honestly, shit is massive. Mansion. Like for real. Imagine how much fun you would have, like hiding from the world in that mansion. Oh, yeah,
0: I don't. Would, would you be? I would not purchase a palace unless it was filled with secret tunnels.
2: And then with another secret passageway inside of the secret tunnels. And you're going to love it even more. You're going to love it even more in a second when you realize what the second secret passageway was for. But first, real quick, I will say since the candle holder thing worked, Dale and Gadget are like, okay, you've now gotten like two or three like helpful clues from these Sherlock Jones books. So they're also Mm -hmm. like maybe we'll back off a little bit from you chip <laughs> they're like slightly less annoyed but also just anyway chip is responding like well it's elementary elementary oh my God. Ele-
0: elementary dear my
2: dale d-. but instead he says elementary my dear dummy and
0: he's like
2: Fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. Like, you we were joking with me before, McDuff's life is on the line. I'm trying to take yeah. this seriously, dummy. Anyways, so they I run into this line. secret room. <laughs> they run into the secret room. And it's awesome because Gadget notes that it's like an office, actually. So imagine having this office in a secret room, in a secret passageway. Yes. And it gets even better because Chip is like scurrying around the room. And he's like, oh, my God, all of these objects in here are from different Sherlock, Sherlock, fuck, Sherlock Jones (laughs) stories. Bear with me, audience. From the stories. (laughs) From the stories. (laughs) Um, For example, there's a bent poker from the adventure of the hard-headed Hottentot. (laughs)
0: There is, with that one references got it i don't no. know
2: either. yeah uh there is a doctor's handbag like in the adventure of the soda pop surgeon ah. and last but not least there is a bloodstained manuscript like in in chip says wait a minute i don't believe it this is the bloodstained manuscript from sherlock jones in the adventures of the mysterious mystery writer <laughs> Which also, though, yeah, back up. Why the fuck is there a bloodstained pen?
0: Yeah, like you guys have actually just walked into like a another crime style. Scene. Like yeah. this author was actually a serial killer who wrote about his crimes. Pretty much, yeah.
2: It's okay though. He only he only killed other criminals, so it's fine. Great, awesome.
0: Wow. Okay, this Ooh, is wild. Man. I do love this, but also get an actual but, authority in here. Where's the sheriff? Where's the
2: sheriff? He's too busy trying to kill Macduff. <laughs> this dog. Kill
0: puppies rather than yeah. like solve clear get those un those cold case files because which also
2: upon rewatching it not only did I have to double check for the sheriff's accent. To make sure, like, wait, this dude's not British. But I also yeah. had to make sure that he wasn't back to sheriff because the entire episode, he's really just playing the role of dog catcher. Like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, I guess maybe in some jurisdictions, the sheriff is also kind of like de facto yeah. the dog
0: catcher. But, like, like, don't you have more serious crimes?
2: Exactly. Pretty sure. Anyway. You know um, what? Maybe this
0: is in America because people are being over policed and call the police yeah. way too often. <laughs> yeah. So maybe this is America. It probably is. Anyway, uh, ha-
2: Howie is practically a Karen. Um, <laughs> anyway, keep moving. So, at this point, after seeing you know all of these things, all of these like objects from some of his favorite Sherlock Jones stories, Chip is like, "Oh my God, we are in the workroom of none other than Howard Bass, the creator of these stories." Right. So they have now made the connection that this estate is Howard Bass's estate. And McDuff. Oh. Yeah. And McDuff, he's like, Oh, you know what? Lord Baskerville did used to write books, but he didn't use his real name, which such a good but dumb boy, McDuff. Oh. Such a he's so cute. But, but I mean, boy. hey he's a dog he can't read as we discussed (laughs) earlier i was like "Eh." i mean he knew that his owner's father wrote books but he didn't really know how famous of a writer he was Mm -hmm. until he sees that chip is like so obsessed with this guy and also i guess all of these times that chip has referenced sherlock jones mcduff must not have known that that was like the main character of these books because at any point in this episode
0: he could have been like oh yeah my
2: owner's dad
0: wrote those books." yeah right i thought that chip and dale already knew that because he was referencing it so much Mm -mm. he's just that big of a nerd he's
2: that big of a nerd like before so i didn't include this but before they even got to the mansion like while the plane is like careening through the storm outside Chip was already in the middle of reading one of the stories. Like he was reading a story to the gang on uh, the plane. Okay. So which they were super pissed about because they were about we're to like, fucking crash. Crashing. Like, dude, yeah, please stop reading. Please. We're all terrified. So yeah, this whole episode Chip okay. has just been absolutely fangirling. Exactly. And then okay. now at this point, which also this is coming towards the very end of the episode. Now Chip is like, oh my God. And so he is so excited saying that like this is the room where all of his favorite stories were written this is the room where it happened y'all <laughs> <laughs> the room
1: where
2: the room it went and, happened and chip oh God, and dale amazing. are now in the room where it happened <laughs> and so dale notes that they've got to find the will soon night is almost over they've been dilly-dallying long enough in these secret passageways and Chip is like, well, you know, if this is where the creator of Sherlock Jones lived, then I think I can figure out where to find the will, because I'm like obviously his biggest fan. It's like, um, yes. that's funny though. This has always been the home where the writer of Sherlock Jones <laughs> lived. You just now figured it out. So you just put the clues together, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, but technically you should have been able to figure it out a while ago, then if you know, that is your logic. Mm. But Anyway, so Chip he like puts on his more like Sherlock Holmes looking outfit, you know, like the trench coat and.
0: where he actually has one. He has
2: one. I in like a magnifying glass and <laughs> what are those hats called? I don't. Nobody know, like but I know exactly Those super what fly, dope looking detective hats. Yeah, yeah, like he puts one of those on. Oh, <laughs> like change out of his changes out of his Indiana Jones attire, puts that on instead, <laughs> and he's like scurrying around this office. And he points up and says that the will should be behind a framed portrait that's sitting on the top of a bookshelf, just like it was in the adventure. This is my favorite one. The adventure of the will that wouldn't.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, it wouldn't. No, it it wouldn't.
2: This will will not give you your inheritance. No, (laughs) ma'am or sir. So... (laughs) So Monty, he like climbs up there to take a look, to look behind this picture, because Chip is right. There is a picture on the top of a bookshelf. Mm. But when he gets up there, Monty's like, sorry, mate, like nothing up here. (laughs) And Chip goes into like full on existential crisis mode. He like breaks the fourth wall, looks at the screen like, what? How could it not be up there? Um... (laughs) Because it was there in the story, and Mm. I'm obsessed with the stories. I know them cover to cover. And as he's freaking out, though, I guess, you know, not really looking around him and just so inwardly, like, attacking himself for not knowing where, yeah, Dale, like, just looks down at their feet, and he, like, pushes Chip over, and he's like, dude, we're standing on the wheel right now. Goddamn it. (laughs) it. But like, literally, if you watch it, like as soon as Chip starts freaking out, the audience is like, dude, eh, look down, look down. Because (laughs) in very large letters, it says will written on top of this piece of paper that they're standing on. But obviously Chip is just that like freaked out and in crisis mode (laughs) that he can't even look down. And so McDuff he starts reading from the will. Saying, you know, I Howard Baskerville do bequeath this manor to my youngest son Roger Baskerville. Billy. And as soon as they see that, they're like, fuck yeah, we got it. Let's go. Let's do it. But they have to get past Lord Howie first because remember, he is still out there Right, with the sword. Looking with the sword and or a shotgun. Great looking with deadly for weapon. them. With multiple deadly weapons, yes, yeah. and uh, and a deadly, horrible accent as well—that nasally, <laughs> high-pitched voice. Classic. So they try to sneak past them, but he catches them almost immediately as they exit this secret passageway behind this giant, luxurious mirror.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And he obviously has also been looking for the will because he's had suspicions that the house was supposed to go to Roger, but like he wanted the mansion. So he's like, "Well, no one can see this will." He grabs it from the animals oh, and he just holds it up to a candle. Yeah, it's like not even like this is no fight. issue, not not a fight you whatsoever. Just like, he it. just <laughs> give it, <laughs> it. bad boy bad boy mcduff Wait, drop it give me that little yeah i mean honestly, he's like, a boy the whole time. honestly like he could have yanked it from mcduff's mouth i guess that would have worked too because it would have ripped it up probably anyway True. whatever not so, as dramatic though yeah right so lord howie he holds the will up to a candle and actually like the top of the will is like slowly starting to burn right. under the flame but using some very quick thinking and logic, the animals, they open a window knowing that that storm is still bellowing outside Ooh. and it blows in a bunch of wind blows out the candle wow. preserves the will, but Lord Howie using his human intellect is like, I mean, okay, I can destroy the will whenever I want. Like <laughs> the, thi- the thing that matters is now I have the will, Like, yes, off with you animals off with you. But Remember, he's very allergic to animals, so as the animals are, like, trying to get closer to him to get the will back, he starts sneezing and, like, Ooh. goes into this, like, fit. Again, Grace, you can relate. You're Relatable. not evil like Lord Howie, but you totally know he's pretty much, like, <laughs> incapacitated by this mm-hmm. allergic reaction. Ha-ha. And so, meanwhile, as he's like running around sneezing, McDuff also, just to like add insult to injury, bites him in the ass or something, I think. <laughs> and, like it makes so him you drop. You said the I will. bit
0: before? You,
2: don't, you haven't seen nothing you don't yet. You know me, Trump. man. You don't know. <laughs> and so, anyway, Howie, he drops the will, and the rescue rangers are able to grab it. And Chip is like, okay, go Howie now, or sorry, McDuff. Now that Howie is like, he's not only is he sneezing to death, but he's also like on his ass, holding his ass. Cause you <laughs> bit a chunk out of it. McDuff, you go down, get Roger, tell him to come up here. And then yeah. we'll meanwhile, try to like hide the will until you get back. So McDuff, he runs down through the estate grounds, goes and gets Roger And the rescue rangers, they decide to hide in a nearby room. And they all, like, scatter throughout this room while Lord Howie, he, like, is able to get back on his feet. He's, like, pounding on the door, like, let me in. Let me in. (laughs) They locked him out. And he actually, like, bursts this door down again. Mm. Spoiled rich kid problems. Not caring about destroying (laughs) shit. (laughs) Like, totally knock this door out. Just get a new one. Doesn't matter. And uh, he resorts to his favorite tactics. He grabs a gun off of the wall and he essentially just like starts shooting around this room to like find the rescue rangers because they're like in there fucking with them, like popping up and like, you know, it's almost like like a, like a -a whack-a-mole type of situation, (laughs) you know, and he's just Uh like shooting everywhere to try to try to stop them. Yeah, totally safe. Totally not going to be an expensive cleanup. I guess maybe you know, I, now, maybe now he's like, damn it, Roger's going to have this house at any moment. So I might as well fuck it all up yeah. now and like, leave like this it is a to
0: Roger him. problem now. <laughs> <laughs> Bullets are I, hard to take out of the wall, apparently. They are. Not my problem.
2: uh Sorry about it, Roger. <laughs> uh But in perfect timing, McDuff is able to get back to the shack to alert Roger that something is going on up there. Mm-hmm. And just like the sheer excited barking of Macduff is enough for Roger to be like, let's go this is it like he drops his shit takes his his apron off like his (laughs) eyes are instantly serious and he like takes off running (laughs) like anime moment it kind of was just with like worse animation but it like had that he had that like intense look in his eyes of like it's go time it's go time this is it (laughs) mighty Morphin rangers (laughs) attack you know (laughs) me and McTuff, like put your piss together boom! <laughs> yeah and so just as they get up to the estate howie is like closing in on the rescue rangers and um <laughs> i don't it's like again there's like not a lot of struggle in this i guess like roger is very lanky and all of that uh-huh. i guess compared to lord howie but like they're not physical with each other, clearly. Like, Roger just kind of, like, grabs the wheel and runs off. <laughs> <laughs> like, you think that after all of this, like, maybe Howie would, like, try to tackle him? Or, I don't know, maybe there was going to shoot Maybe, I don't know. Or, you know, maybe the rescue rangers, like, hand it off to him. Like, there was just so much, like, shooting and shakeups. Like, why is all of the anger being taken out on the walls and not on each other? Like, great. Yeah. Anyway. I thought how he would
0: like turn around and shoot him, and then it's all his because now there's truly he's the only heir. I guess maybe
2: attempted murder is like mm. one step too far. The sheriff was planning on coming back the next day, that's so it true. it would be They're, a little messy he going down. if he came up and saw Roger yeah. like shot dead in the office or in whatever Good room. Point. Yeah, so I guess it's maybe that's spoorbles. yeah that that's yes. why they weren't that's why they weren't doing it, um, yeah. and so yeah they they get the will i think like roger gets it and then hands it off to howie because howie can run away or whatever mcduff i don't know why i keep saying howie instead of mcduff i'm so sorry so roger gets the will and hands it off to mcduff because mcduff can run away and mcduff fucking badass he jumps through a window Grace. He doesn't just like run out the front door. He grabs that thing, runs through a window, breaks it. Such a good boy. I hope he's okay. And he (laughs) just makes a run for it. Dude's not fucking around. He's like, I will not die. (laughs) Okay. This will be a motherfucker. (laughs) Hey, you
0: know what? I'd like to think that at least one of my dogs would do the same for me.
2: Probably. I could see Mako doing that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Mako's a little psychopath. Mako (laughs) would stab someone, actually. He'd stay and fight. Dyer would fight and then try and save the day. But Mako (laughs) would be like, let's do it. He'd have a
2: switchblade. A combo of Scooby-Doo out of context and McDuff fucking busting through this giant window. (laughs) Exactly. When when dogs go to the mat for you. Uh, (laughs) So as McDuff is making his escape, which by the way, like, I don't really know where he's trying to run to. He's just running away
0: In the um, rain with the piece of paper. So it's going to get really wet. So actually it's
2: now morning, I guess. This took up the whole night and it's not raining anymore, but I'm glad you mentioned that because it is very muddy outside. It is muddy outside, which I'll, I'll mention in just a moment why that's kind of important. So, but yeah, I don't know where he's trying to run to, but as he's running like through the estate grounds, the sheriff actually shows up and just like scoops him up in a net while he's running like he doesn't even go to knock on the door he doesn't go to check in with lord howie first to be like hey you sure you still want me to take this dog did we like were we able to reconcile overnight like no. he sees mcduff running towards him scoops him throws him in the paddy wagon mcduff drops the will and it's like in the mud now (laughs) um and like the sheriff just takes him off like I guess the sheriff kind of sees it and it's just like oh that must just be some random piece of paper that the dog happened to have and so the sheriff starts going down the street taking McDuff away and Roger and Howie they're like running out of the mansion chasing after the sheriff well Roger is trying to stop the sheriff and Howie is trying to stop Roger and yep. now they're fine with it getting physical because Howie like tackles Roger into oh, the mud <laughs> So they're, like, both, like, covered in mud, like, in their PJs, by the way, or at least, like, (laughs) Howie's in his PJs. Yeah, like, mud wrestling. And Chip and Dale and the gang, they're, like, okay, well, those two are too busy fighting with each other, so let's actually show the sheriff this will. So they, like, run, they pick up the will, and a bunch of different, like catapulting type of maybe zipper help like a to, Gold,
0: goldberg machine
2: somehow i i hate to say i can't exactly remember how but dale gets on the top of the roof of this sheriff's van and he like waves the will in front of the <laughs> sheriff's face yeah which would like probably cause a car accident but yeah. okay <laughs> um and the sheriff though he sees it and he's like reading it like oh wow you <laughs> like dry thing. Yeah. Okay, on, park. <laughs> uh, Yeah, Roger Roger owns the, the home checks. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Checks out. um yeah, and that's that's it. So after the sheriff sees that, he like pulls over, lets McDuff out and is like, uh yeah, so it turns out actually that uh, howie you're going to maybe need to be the one who goes and howie's like slamming his fist yeah. in the mud, very upset, very angry that his plan mm. failed, that his, his squatting on his father's property mm. can no longer continue. Um and that's the end of honestly the main investigation how they okay. help find the will that wouldn't <laughs> will that <I> wouldn't but <laughs> So the next day, I guess, or maybe like the end of that day, we see the Rescue Rangers, they're back at the mansion. Gadget is like doing all the repairs on the plane while essentially like Monty and Zipper and Chip and Dale are just like chatting. Like yes, Gadget's man. doing all the work Always. naturally. And McDuff comes up to the gang and he actually has a chip a chip for gift, a gift for Chip. <laughs> Like, fuck the rest of them, I guess. Like, you're the the only one who gets something. But it is a nice gift. It is actually the last unpublished Sherlock Jones story. And he's like, you know, I think the old master would have wanted his biggest fan to have it. So super cute. That validation for Chip that, yes, I am his biggest fan and I get this unpublished piece of work that no one else in the world can see. But remember, this was a manuscript written by a human, so it's in normal size papers. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger than shit. <laughs> so when mcduff like, hands it to him, it just like smothers him. It's like this giant <laughs> manuscript, like this pile of paper and chip just like scurries out underneath it. And uh, yeah, the gang's just like doing their classic, like awkward laughing as like the camera fades to black. Freeze framing. And yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, the kid in the credits roll. Um, Amazing, And that's
0: it. That is Dang. the
2: end of that episode. The Whoa. pound of the Baskervilles. <laughs>
0: Wow. I feel bad for shitting on will lawyers or whatever the hell they're called uh, at the start of this. Being (laughs) like, your job must be so boring. If every like will dispute is like this, I think you've gone to the wrong lawyering. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Sounds thrilling. This is the, this is the juicy stuff. And
2: yeah, yeah, you know, I guess maybe I I don't think that that many wills end up this way. It's like all the wills you read about are like this, I feel like, in, like, textbooks because they're, like, the ones that you learn the most from, you know? But um, in this case, yeah, I think that actually they could have used a good lawyer. Obviously, Roger, he could not afford one washing his brother's clothes for a living. but. Real quick, can we, let's do some wild speculation let's here to it. talk about this family dynamic. <laughs> because I it's have to believe up family. it's pretty fucked up. Like, in a way, part of me wants to believe that the father probably didn't actually really want either of them to have this house. Because, like, if he... Like, he obviously gave it to Roger in the will. But if you really wanted Roger to have it, like, just fucking give him the will. Why hide it? You know? Right,
0: why make it why? this mystery?
2: Yeah. So I guess maybe there was this thing where there was, even when they were younger, Roger and Howie were competing for their father's attention. Oh. And Roger was always the favorite. I want to say maybe there was like an out of marriage child or something there because Roger and Howie do not look alike at all. Yes. So I think perhaps that Howie, he's, he's the older one, obviously. So, you know, first marriage, he's the older only child happy, but he was always more into like sports and stuff being the more like, thicker frame, like big upper body, little legs kind of guy. The father wasn't really into that. Perhaps Roger was like a second marriage child or perhaps an, you know, out of marriage affair, something who knows. And then, but he was like a bit nerdier, maybe a bit more bookish, more into the things that Howard Bass, the father was perhaps into being Mm. an author and so Howie, maybe the son Howie was probably a little intimidated by this, like who is this younger brother who now is going to take over my place in the family? I was
0: the only child. As
2: the only child. Yes, it's it's supposed to be me. This is my estate, not yours. <laughs> And so I think that that kind of just like kept building up as they got older and older. Mm -hmm. And maybe even Roger being kind of that like nerdy bookish person was like, maybe he was helping his father write some of these stories or, you know, maybe like bouncing ideas off of, you know, each other for the stories Mm -hmm. and how he was like. He didn't like this. He's like, well, like maybe I could have some good ideas too, but the the father just wouldn't entertain it. You know, like Ah. no, you're you're just into sports. You you keep doing your sports thing. So I think that maybe the father thought that Roger would be like more quick in finding out where the will Mm -hmm. was because maybe like Roger had something to do with writing those stories that gave away the clues or ah. maybe he knew that Roger was like more interested in reading the stories, how mm. he never read because he's a fucking idiot. He can't read. So <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like there's gotta be some like bad blood that's been with them for a while. And oh yeah. I do think a lot of it stems with like that only child syndrome turned into like, Oh, my dad remarried and had another child now. And Mm. now like, I'm supposed to just like this dude, even though my dad likes him more. Yeah. That is my wild speculation about this family and why it would have been a super juicy will to write. (laughs) Oh yeah. for sure Well,
0: I think maybe to add on to your wild speculation of one, that clearly Howie jr. Was a spoiled brat. He was like having Mm -hmm. a tantrum. So like, for sure thought that he was just the bee's knees. And the dad was probably like, I cannot stand this spoiled brat. Like, yeah, what have we for created sure. and raised? Like he's so spoiled.
2: Mm-hmm. He yes, yeah.
0: like they have to like earn this, also knowing that maybe like he would destroy the will. So maybe he did have to hide it. But I do wonder if like there was also this slight tinge of like, yes, Roger was the favorite, but he would like pose these. Competitions between the sons regularly of like, oh, uh like even small things of like the Sunday crossword. Who can mm-hmm. do it first? That's mm-hmm. the one who gets the extra pancake today. But they were always <laughs> like brain games type, like mystery solving type of stuff, and so yeah. that's even more why Roger would always win and how it would be bitter as hell yeah. about it. They and were never why, like, having the mystery would make sense of like it's a competition to see who gets it the last one. Yeah.
2: And they were these these things from their dad were never like competitions of like your your physical abilities, you know. It was yes. like it was never oh hey who can win in a game of football or oh one on one basketball or cricket or whatever the fuck they yep. play wherever they are. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> like but it yeah, it always, was always was, playing yeah, games exactly.
0: Hmm. Yeah, so, wow, that yes, that kind of yeah, maybe
2: maybe yeah. Which also, I mean, I, I actually think that's the big takeaway from this story, like. <laughs> this father like this was not a healthy family dynamic in any way at all and the sons were just yeah making it even more unhealthy or actually no I guess it was the dad who made it even more unhealthy because he knew that the kids did not get along and still hid the will anyway making it almost impossible to know who owned the house like pretty sure that he was like laughing from the beyond like oh for sure (laughs) those two little shits hating each other now more (laughs) than they did back
0: then (laughs) <laughs> this reminds me of, and I, the new season just dropped, and actually, we need to watch the second season. And at Justin watching this, sorry, because I'm the one, the reason why I haven't watched the second season yet, but of, um oh fuck, why am I forgetting it? Umbrella Academy. Oh, yeah uh, In the first season, it's like the dad who adopted all these kids died, mm-hmm. and the dad was just like horrible and turned them all against each other constantly mm-hmm. in competition. Yep, pretty and much. And it led to a lot of fucked up kids. So, yeah second season's
2: go. good you'll like it i, I understand why justin's upset with you for not catching up. i know <laughs> i
0: just when, sometimes after work i just need to escape from reality with cooking shows and not serious
2: understood all the <laughs> funny
0: things anyways great work thank you thank
2: you fun good episode job. yeah we see the rescue rangers helping out george harris or i mean um uh, mcduff the dog <laughs> And George Harrison uh, from
0: beyond, yeah,
2: yeah, amazing. Which, by the way, last thing I'll say: watching those videos of George Harrison, like the interviews, just to like make sure that that was like his general accent. Uh-huh. What a cool fucking dude! I feel yeah. like I'm really late on saying this, but like, yeah, yeah, I-
0: I was, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, just,
2: just acknowledging to- it for this podcast, like, yes, yeah, I it was an amazing totally interview. Appreciate
0: that mm-hmm. um, a fun thing, side thing to look up next. Actually, is George Harrison's son. So, a great musician all that stuff but looks a spitting fucking image of george harrison oh, it is really wild wow. of how oh, much my they look like like john one of john lennon's sons like sean who's also a pretty great musician like yeah you can tell he's his son and stuff but george harrison's kid is like it's like him Yeah, dead <laughs> it's Bringer it's
2: from. him reincarnate yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: wow I'm pretty sure george harrison <laughs> didn't like- believe in reincarnation so yeah <laughs> yeah
2: yeah he like had a kid with himself somehow. <laughs> That's exactly. another, for another podcast. Anyway, yep. <laughs> exactly. So anyways, on that note, um, so until we find out how George Harrison great. had a child with himself, uh, who uh, should they tell, who should our listeners, our audience members tell about this, uh, this podcast,
0: Grace? <laughs> you know, I think a really big takeaway from this week's episode is that no matter where you are and like maybe I guess if you're a not if you're under 18, maybe not, but if you're starting out on your career now and have any type of like asset to your name, um, you should probably make a will. Um, so you should probably tell your will lawyer about yeah. this and write in your will to whoever you're leaving all of your things to that. They mu- in order to receive your inheritance, they must, binge watch and listen to Saturday morning mysteries and continue to every week in order to get all the installments of your inheritance so a quick easy one today but make that a requirement in your will do it ASAP
2: make that clause one actually so that (laughs) if there is if there is a will dispute then like the first thing the judge or the magistrate whoever the executor of the account like Mm -hmm. They're going to look over it. the very first thing that will come out of their mouth is I XYZ bequeath all that I own to (laughs) XYZ on condition that they watch every (laughs) single episode of Saturday Morning Mysteries. And if they do not, then instead I give everything that I own to XYZ on condition that they, (laughs) (laughs) it'll just keep going on and on. And so to that end, I would like to recommend you telling, uh, tell a notary, Mm. not all wills. I don't think all wills have to be notarized. I think that might be a state by state kind of thing, Mm. but like, it never really hurts to have someone officially like look over that and stamp it. So if you are getting a will done, having a will drafted, or if you have any other documents or paperwork that needs to be notarized while you're there, be like, Hey, by the way, um, there's this great podcast. They like to use <laughs> the word notary a few days ago. <laughs> and uh, you should check it out. I Boom. think you may enjoy it. <laughs> it's called Saturday morning mystery. I love it. You awesome. can
0: notarize that baby. <laughs> Boom, Bam. Great. Well, Thanks.
2: cool. We'll be back next week. Yeah. More tales from rescue Rangers and yes. uh, until then make sure you, you like this video if you enjoyed Mm -hmm. this story share it with your friends comment subscribe give us a review a rating Mm -hmm. whichever wherever you're listening or watching love all the things we love them all we love you all and I think that's all I got for today yeah
0: see you next week Bye. bye